All right. Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. I am the only actual father on this podcast, Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. I am joined today by Tyler Big Irby Erbach, aka the Herb Blocker. <laughs> <laughs> one person. You said that one time. <laughs> and and our, our number one fan ran with it. So I guess I am now the Herb Blocker. Whatever. You are. Uh, I'll just, own it. Just live with it. That is your name. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in. On this episode, we're talking about the week 14, uh, or our week 14 start or sits for the late games, which is going to be you know Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, and Monday night football. Basically talking about five games and then diving into our starts of the week, which is probably our favorite thing to do every week when we record. Talking about a player from each position that we really like this week, and we pretty much guarantee is going to produce for you and should definitely be solid in your lineup. But before we dive into all this goodness, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Interact with us. We're all about it. You need some advice. We're going to give it to you. You want to know what kind of pizza to buy? Um, we'll fucking tell you. Whatever. Your girlfriend's being a douche. We'll just tell you right now. Leave her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to talk about, whatever. Follow us on Twitter. Also, make sure you like and subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to us right now. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, whatever. There's a million of them. Like and subscribe. Give us five stars. There's no question about it. Just do it. Five stars right now. Do it. And um, before we talk about these late games, make sure you know that these teams are on by. The Atlanta Falcons, Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, Indianapolis Colts. New Orleans Saints and the Washington Commanders, formerly known as a racial slur. <laughs> Not really, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, we're going to dive into these five late games and then our starts of the week. The only real news we have to break um, before we dive into these games is Desmond Ritter is now the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Probably available in your leagues. Pretty enticing if you're struggling at quarterback, in my opinion. He does have good rushing upside. Obviously, um, not many people watch the preseason games for the Falcons. I did because I'm a, a straight weirdo. But me and you, we love Desmond Ritter, and he looked pretty good in the preseason games. He has a lot of rushing upside, and rushing upside for a quarterback is always enticing. Yeah, I mean, he's not a run-first quarterback. He's certainly a pass-first guy, but has the ability and the athleticism to be able to, you know, uh, break off from the traditional play and, and, make some, and make some plays with his legs. So exciting to see. Honestly, I've thought this should happen like six weeks ago because Atlanta wasn't going anywhere. It's not like Marcus Mariota is their future. I would have made this switch a long time ago, but in retrospect, them doing it this week when they're on the, on their bye, he'll have a full, you know, basically week and a half to get ready for the game. Maybe in the long run, that's better for him. Yeah. And if we paid more attention to the Falcons schedule, we might've seen this coming. I, you know, with the, the bye week coming and them, well, really, Marcus Mariota kind of struggling. Their passing game is struggling in general. It kind of makes sense that they would throw him in right now and give him that time to, you know, get ready. Like you said, you know, get a nice little week and a half to get ready to start his first NFL game. Um, they are still in the playoff hunt. It kind of seems like they uh, should. It's they only because be the NFC South sucks. The NFC South is so bad. It was them and the Bucks, and let's be honest, the Bucks are probably going to make it, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, just the talent level alone, and you have Tom Brady versus now Desmond Ritter. I would think that Tampa is going to pull out the division, even if they only win a game. Yeah, probably. They have a better defense, and uh, 
that's kind of what carries you into the later in the season. But it should be interesting. Definitely, you know, keep an eye on Desmond Ritter and maybe snag him up if you're struggling. So, you know, without further ado, let's just get this started. Talk about the late games. First game we're going to talk about is the Chiefs versus the Broncos. They are playing in Denver. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. The over-under is 43 points. On the Chiefs side of the ball, you know, let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. At one point this season, he looked like he was a pretty solid lock to be in your flex. Now it's getting pretty iffy. He's only scored five points each in you know his last two games since he returned from injury. What do we see going on here? I don't know, man. It's so weird because, I mean, I know he got hurt. So, like, the game before the last two, when the game he got hurt, he only had four four points, which he only played 38% of snaps. Then in his first <clears throat> game back against the Rams, Again, weirdly played 38% of snaps and got five points. But then last week, he had a full load. He played 76% and only got five points. So, I I don't know, man. He seemed like he was like a lock. I mean, he had that stretch of games where he just, you know, over in a five-week span, he had games of 11, 19, and 21 points. It just seemed like it, he was on the rise, and now it's just not there. So, I don't know. I will say this, though. This week is not the week to be playing him as terrible as denver is um on offense they have a decent defense and they're really good against against wide receivers so juju should be you know benched in all leagues i i see where you're getting at but you know this wide receiver room is not necessarily it, it is deep with interesting names but you know Kadarius tony they did, they did sign him recently you know a few weeks ago he's probably not going to play this week dealing with the injury sky Moore was emerging, but, you know, you can't really trust him. MVS, still just kind of floating around, not doing much, not really start-worthy. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, I he's going to throw for yards, so someone has to get the yards, right? Who's he throwing the goddamn ball to? Obviously, Travis Kelsey, but it can't <laughs> yeah. just be him. I mean, it kind of is, even though last week he had a terrible game, like one of the worst games of his career, which is crazy because no one else, like, had good games. Who, Mahomes or Kelsey? Kelsey. Right. Kelsey scored 4.6 points last week. It's a crazy career. Worst game. And we're like, we're starting guys like that. <laughs> Tight end <laughs> if, you, if they're not named Travis Kelsey. Dude, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what Travis Kelsey does is not, it's unheard of. So, yeah, we're fading all the Chiefs receivers then. I mean, I, yeah. I, because here's I think the thing. If you're in a rough spot, dude, just throw them out there. No, Someone here- has to get double digits. For, no, I, I would disagree because even in the beginning of the season when they were still all trash and it was only Travis Kelsey, Juju did nothing. Up until he had that 11-point game, I mean, he, the first two weeks, okay, remove the 11-point game then you before you get to his like big, like his six, week 6-7 six, when he had his kind of breakout, he had mm-hmm. games of 6.9, 2.5, 7.1, 4.8. And then you throw in the 11-point the game in the middle, like, so even when he was still the only healthy wide receiver, he wasn't doing anything. I just don't see how that changes now, um, even though I did think he was going to become that at one point. Okay, so let's just say um, well, it's a good time, honestly. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony. They might get him back. Obviously, he is the hamstring injury king. It's a guy that sounded incredibly negative, but it's true. He He's just played by hamstring injuries, even since you know the, his days in the Giants. So let's just say Kadarius Tony doesn't play this week. Juju or MVS, and you have to choose one to put in your lineup. I mean, if I had to choose one, it'd be Juju, but 
I mean, okay. I'm not yeah. happy about it. Yeah, finally I mean, got you on that side. Let's go. <laughs> okay. You only gave me options from one team, and they're both Whoa. shitty <laughs> options. Yeah, because we're talking about the cheese. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> um, Isaiah Pacheco, I think obviously it must start at this point. You'll hear about him later in the episode. Hint, hint. He's gonna kill it this week. Um, obviously Pat Mahomes must start, Travis Kelsey, anybody else in the Chiefs? We don't give a fuck, right? No, not at all. No fucks given. Let's talk about the Broncos then. Colton Sutton, pretty doubtful to play this week. He injured his hamstring, just like Kadarius Tony always does. Um Jerry Judy, though, he is off the injury report. He should be a full go. And uh, from the way he wrote this, let's see. Uh, Jerry Jerry Judy had 65 yards last week, despite yep. playing only 38% of the snaps. Okay, just trying to read that correctly. Um, the week before, they were on by last week. But yeah, in their last game. In their last game, yeah. yeah. He only played 38% of snaps, still at 65 yards, which is uh, you know obviously pretty, pretty damn good. It's a nice thing to see. Um, he... I think he is in line to definitely be a starter. I don't know about like, having a big day, but especially if Cortland Sutton's out, you know, his value rises. Right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like he's, you know, he's out. The Chiefs defense isn't good. They give up 31 points a game to receivers. It's the fifth worst mark in the league. So I would expect as out of all people on this Broncos offense to have a good day, I would say I would lean towards it being Jerry Judy. Possibly you might see a guy, a guy like Greg Dulcich doing a little something, something. He did lead the team in targets last week and also in receiving yards. And, you know, head coach Nathaniel Hackett said they are using him in a receiver type role. I think he's very interesting this week. We're going to talk about him later in this episode. Hint, fucking hint. <laughs> little heavy foreshadowing here. Um, do we, you know, do you see him? Repeating last week, if Cortland Sutton is out, I mean, maybe I don't know. Like he has, he's been. He, I mean, he's only been able to play, you know, a few games so far this year. Um, he's, I guess, he's been a star for seven now, but he's mm-hmm. had three good games and four bad games, I guess. So, you know, he's basically right in par with every other tight end not named Travis Kelsey. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I guess he certainly could. I'm not going to necessarily say he will. Um, especially because his usage is also all over the place. He had eight targets last week, but then you can go back and he's averaging more like four targets a game. So it's just, you know, I mean, he certainly could. I'm not saying it won't happen by any means. He's as good of a dice roll at tight end as basically anybody else is. Yep. And I totally agree. Um, a little bit better dice roll this week. If Cortland Sutton is out, I, I I'm liking him this week. If Cortland Sutton is out, and I know you said the Chiefs defense does kind of suck, but you know, so does the Broncos offense. So yes, it does. This is this is gonna be an interesting game. The Chiefs are probably gonna shit all over them, but you know, yeah, this is this to... is the opposite of the uh, immovable force, or what is it? The uh, what the hell is that that saying? What the I unstoppable for- physics, dude? The unstoppable force versus the immovable object. This is the exact opposite of that. For all we know, both teams will just stay at the fifty yard line and not move a yard. Oh, well, we know the Chiefs are going to move the ball. Okay. I should say the, the Broncos offense and the Chiefs defense might not actually make any difference in the game at all. Okay. There, there we go. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next game here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into San Fran. Play the 49ers. The 49ers are three and a half point favorites. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Over-under is 37 and a half points. Probably the lowest over-under on the week. Maybe because, you know, two strong defenses going up against each other. 
and also two subpar offenses, if we're being yeah. honest. They, it is a half point higher than the Ravens and Steelers. A half point. Ooh, <laughs> the hook. The, the hook. I got you. Speaking of the Ravens and Steelers, start to Vegas for being ballsy. No shit, it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's been like that in t- our entire lives. Yeah. We even when they both had happen. really... Even when they both had good offenses, it was still a defensive game. Yep, always has been. But let's go back to this game here. Let's talk about the Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette and Rashad White both played against the Saints last week. Leonard Fournette had you know slightly more usage, a little bit more playing time, but Rashad White was still pretty relevant, you know, in their offensive game plan. So, what do we expect with this backfield moving forward for the rest of the season, or really more importantly, this week? Honestly, I think it's gonna be more of the same. Leonard Fournette, like you like you said, he got a little bit more playing time, I think, by like ten percent, which is only gonna be a few um, snaps. And he got like one more carry and had basically the same amount of targets, I think, or maybe one more target. Like it was almost 50 50, as close to that as you can possibly get without it actually being 50 50. So I do feel like that's what it's going to be um, the rest of the season. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. But Rashad White, if we talk about Dynasty here for a second, very enticing. Oh, yeah. You know? Very completely different story at that point. But it should yeah. be noted, though, this is new. Um, it was reported just a couple of hours ago. Leonard Fournette has been put on the injury report with a foot injury. Oh, it's all that weight he showed up to training camp with. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's interesting. Um, it's like they're not saying what his how you know we're not sure what his status will be for the for the game, but if he's hobbled at all, um, and they decide to give Rashad White more carries, and Rashad White's a pretty good play. Oh yeah, if, if Fournette goes into this game like um, he's probably not going to be doubtful, but maybe questionable. I think a Rashad White throw him in your lineup, man. Yeah. Unless you have unless you have solid running backs. The only downside to that is that they're playing the Niners, and the Niners are you know as we all know they're really damn good. They give up twelve point nine points a game to running backs per game. Like all running backs, not just a singular running back, all running backs. It's Ugh. the best in the league. It's the best in the league. And it's the best in the league by three points a game, which is a lot. Honestly, on a, when you put it on a per game basis, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll back off my point a little bit with Rashad White. Taking a risk, but you know, at this point in the season, risk got to be taken. Yeah, it's it's absolutely risky. But, you know, we mentioned it in the early starts podcast. Like, if you're needing to play that risk to get into the playoffs, you got to do it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, risk it for the biscuit. Risking for that biscuit. Hopefully get that gravy. Um, real quick, Tom Brady, you starting him? I'm not. I think we have been for a long time. No. No, I mean, I think that'd be... Even against good matchups, he hasn't been great. So, And this is a bad matchup, so I wouldn't have him in my lineup at all. Mm-hmm. What about Chris Godwin, Mike Evans? Yeah, I'm still throwing him in there. I know that's weird to say. Like, you can't... Like, how do you not play the quarterback when you play the receivers? It's just the way that this game works. Now, I will say, Mike Evans, I'm not sure what's happened in the last, like, four or five games. He's been almost nowhere um so that's what gives me some concern but chris godwin's been killing it so uh godwin's an yeah. easy play yeah well yeah godwin uh, godwin's always like, been more consistent in my opinion mike evans is a lot more touchdown dependent and touchdowns aren't coming from tom brady right now so it, it does kind of make sense but yeah i agree with you definitely throwing both of them out there you kind of have to which is a oxymoron because we don't like tom brady <laughs> yeah he throws it, more touchdowns 
then he's worthy. It doesn't make sense, but it makes fantasy fantasy sense. Which is the only fucking sense that matters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the 49ers then. They're going with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Oh, that doesn't look too pretty to me, but whatever. Jimmy G <laughs> broke his foot um, last week. Uh, wait, he didn't actually break his foot. I, um, well, he, no, he still broke his foot. That he just isn't going to need to have surgery. Oh, that's what I saw. Okay, yeah. So either way, he has a possibility to come back in the playoffs, which does not mean one single damn to us playing fantasy football because our seasons will be done yeah. at that point. They also said like he could come back in seven, seven or eight weeks. That would literally be for the NFC Championship game. Uh, Jesus, it's it's ridiculous. Luckily, I mean that was coming out, and then Kyle Shanahan did come out and was like, "The chances of him playing this again this year are highly, highly unlikely." It's so Trey Lance in the wings, though. So Jimmy G's healthy. Fuck it, throw him out there. At that point, <laughs> who cares? At this point in the podcast, we're not even really going to be talking about fantasy shit anymore. We're going to be dicking around. It's going to be our off season for fantasy. You know? Yes, it is. So with Brock Purdy, uh, let's go back to him. He came in last week, played pretty well. Um, he's he's a seventh round quarterback, right? Am I thinking of he this? is Mister Irrelevant? The last oh, yeah, pick of the, the draft. Last pick of the draft, and I remember watching this game and being like, "Oh, this guy actually looks pretty good." He's definitely he, um, he holds his own. Yeah, and luckily he's gonna benefit so much from Kyle Shanahan calling the plays because he's not going. There's gonna be very few times where Purdy's gonna be able to mess up enough to like hurt himself. Kyle Shanahan is such a good play caller. That he's going to protect Purdy from himself, essentially, and you know, making those kind of rookie mistakes that all rookies do. That is a good point. So, you know, with him being a quarterback, how are we approaching this offense? Um, does anyone actually rise with Brock Purdy being at quarterback? The first person that comes to my mind would be CMC, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, for CMC for sure. Um, obviously, the initial thought is that they're going to rely more on the run game. And even though they run the ball a lot, they also do a lot of really, you know, the short passing game that basically is like an equivalent to running the ball. So um, you're going to see a lot of that, though. I think you're going to see a lot of running the ball. Uh, I think you will see a little more creativeness in the way they run the ball, too. I think you'll see more Debo Samuel in the backfield. Yep, that's, that's what I was going to say, you know, a little bit like some end arounds, motions, random things like that. They're, they've always been about that. Probably going to be more heavily involved this week. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, that's what you're going to expect. You're going to see that, and then you're going to see a lot of type of, you know, those manufacturer-type touches for the different players, whether it be Ayuk, uh, Debo, or CMC. They're just going to want to make it so it's an easy single read for Brock Purdy, where it's, if it's not there, then, you know, they're screwed. But essentially, he can make one read and then throw the ball away. Well, speaking of Brandon Ayuk, let's talk about him. You know, last two weeks, he only has 16 fantasy points combined. You know, seven points last week, nine points the week before. But he does have 17 targets. Only 10 catches. Shout out to the cat in your background. I love cats. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so, you know, 17 targets, which is nice. Still pretty involved in the, you know, the game plan. Only 10 catches for about 100 yards. 110 yards, looks like. Um, how do we feel about him? I, I, I think that's getting risky now at this point. He had a hot streak and going into the playoffs. I don't know if it's someone I can trust. Yeah, I'm worried about him with Brock Purdy at quarterback because I feel like the manufactured touches and the make sure that I get the ball in these guys' hands is going to be more CMC and Debo than it's going to be uh, Ayuk at this point. Only because Ayuk, as much as like he's a very good athlete and he is good in space, he's not as good as CMC and Debo as like there's no 
you know, there, there's no questioning that. Well, that's a pretty fucking high standard, but yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, yeah. So, um, who else are we talking about on that team? I mean, George Kittle. Well, Kittle, you, you know, have to we, play. You, you have to yeah. play Kittle. The way the tight end landscape is, um, and the fact that you dropped Kittle relatively high for a tight end, at least, uh, you have to play him. Yeah, we should put out a bingo card because I think we said tight end landscape a million fucking times this year. <laughs> it's probably. Yeah, the landscape exists and it sucks. It's like the goddamn Dust Bowl in the 1800s, uh, if you're into American history. But, you know, it's 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 shitty. It's a barren wasteland out there. Yeah, I mean, if you were, like, stuck in the desert and you just looked across the landscape, that would be the tight end landscape. Just nothingness. Nothing there. Nothing. And then you'd Can't see that nothing. one, you see that one little water hole in the deep, maybe a little palm tree, and that's Travis Kelsey. A uh, little oasis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, yeah, he well, is the oasis. <laughs> <laughs> that's his new name. Travis the Oasis. Oasis, Dude, a, oasis is a pretty good nickname. That is pretty sick. You heard it here first. If someone does it, let us know. We're going to fucking sue him. <laughs> Trademark. Trademark. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Carolina Panthers play in the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are three and a half point favorites, which makes sense. You know, they're playing at home late in the year. Over-under is 43 and a half points. Panthers kind of suck. It should be a six points. It's a six point spread. Three and a half is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, you definitely take Seattle with that three-and-a-half-point spread because there's, yeah, the Panthers are starting Sam Darnold. Ugh. It's gonna, he's going to make his second straight start. He's already played a couple games this year, though. Uh, am I right? No, the last two games, or last week was his first playing time of the year. And we all know what happens when Sam Darnold plays. It's kind of a shit show. Yeah, he did oh, give you a rushing touchdown, so it gives you, which I, we kind of talked about last week, is like he does tend to find the end zone on the ground for whatever reason. He did it last year as well. But you take away that rushing touchdown, and he gives you nine points. So as the rest of his stat line is not good. It's 11 for 19 for 164 yards and a touchdown through the air. So really the only bright spot with Sam Darnold starting is it seems that he really likes DJ Moore. So yes. I think DJ Moore, you know, his value does rise with Sam Darnold being a quarterback. So you're... Would you feel comfortable throwing DJ Moore into that lineup? I mean, I'm not super comfortable about it just because, you know, it's been so volatile for him this year and honestly most of his career. It's super one of those things that's super frustrating. But, I mean, when we look at what he did last year, the games he played with Sam Darnold, he played great. Like, mm-hmm. almost part, like, game for game. Um, even if Sam Darnold had a bad game, DJ Morris had a good game. So, yeah, I think, oh, man, it's I don't want to say it because it's so risky. But, yeah, I think I would throw DJ Moore in there. It doesn't hurt that they're playing the Seahawks either. So, Yeah, flex-worthy. And the Seahawks, I think people sleep on them. P- pretty strong defense, especially this later half of the year, especially if you exclude the Raiders game. They've played pretty fucking good defense, barely allowing more than 20 points a game. They're, they're, yeah. they're slept on. They're also giving up 155 yards a game, a game on the ground, which is insane. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing about their defense, and the reason they're a decent fancy defense as well, is because they get a lot of sacks and they get a lot of turnovers. And that's just points for you. 
Yep, and that's what we look for in defenses. You can't rely on them just shutting a team out because it happens so rarely in this day of great offenses. But, you know, speaking of them allowing all this, you know, all them yards on the ground, Deontay Foreman says he is 95% sure he's going to play this week. He just sustained a foot injury last week against the Broncos. Two um, weeks ago against the Broncos. I was going to say, wasn't it a bye week last week? So, yeah, two weeks ago yeah, he sustained week. a foot injury. I would say, you know, two weeks with a foot injury, if he is practicing, he should be good to go. And he's a must-start this week against, you know, the Seattle run defense, which is susceptible, like you had already pointed out. Yeah. Yeah, Forbin should be an, an easy play as long as he, he plays. And if he says he's 95% sure he's going to, then I would be willing to bet he's going to. I mean, yeah, I'm going to take a player at his word, especially if they're going to be that certain about it. I would rather take a coach's word, honestly, because you know how players, especially once you get to that level, you know, you get pretty confident in yourself. <clears throat> I mean, but yeah, co- I, players I'm always want to play. But like like you said, I mean, he, he's he got two weeks of rest. The foot injury from what like we didn't even really hear about it during the bye week. So whatever it is, it can't be that big of a deal. Hey, players going to play, baby. Shout out to the <laughs> players ball. But um, if he doesn't play, obviously, Chupa Hubbard, definitely throwing him out there. You have to. Whoever, whoever's starting for the Panthers. Throw him out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it be Foreman or or Hubbard, throw him out there for sure. It's not even a question. Yes, sir. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Then Kenneth Walker did not practice on Wednesday with uh, his foot injury. He also did not practice on Thursday, so it looks pretty goddamn unlikely that he is gonna play. But he has not been officially ruled out. But I mean, let's not get our hopes up here. And then his backup, DJ Dallas, he also did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday with an ankle injury. So it looks like they're pretty thin in the running back room. The only other running backs on the roster are going to be Travis Homer and Tony Jones Jr. But both of them only practice on a limited basis. They're just hobbling into this game in general. Literally, I guess. (laughs) Literally. It looks like Homer and Jones did practice fully on Thursday. So you got something to to go there. Um, I know that the uh, Seahawks also promoted... Daria Goombawale from the uh, practice squad. Uh-oh, the name emerges again. <laughs> I know. I mean, he did last year, at the end of last season for the Jaguars, he had a couple of pretty strong games. Yeah. Oh, he's just creeping from the grave. I did not know <laughs> about that, but that's, that's surprising. So you're the Seahawks guy, obviously. What the hell are we doing with this backfield? I don't know. Also, maybe I... <laughs> Great. Great insight. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I looked. I, I looked it up, and then I was like, "I maybe it was another like long name." I just assumed it was Daria Goombawale because, but he's playing in Houston, so now I'm super confused. Um, see, that kind of threw me off. I was like, "When did they sign him?" Yeah. Uh, if I remember right, DJ Dallas though his injury seems less severe, right? Like he's more likely to play than Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I mean, he did come back last week. You know, he was extremely hobbled when he came back only because it was him and Tony Jones and Tony Jones got absolutely rocked to the point where like you thought he might have had a concussion. So. Tony Jones, a.k.a. Roy Jones getting rocked out here in the ring. (laughs) So. He didn't answer my question. Then, what are we doing with this backfield? Should we just fucking avoid it? It it seems like a clusterfuck. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. If. If DJ Dallas and um, even if DJ's in there, you know, Kenneth Walker's out, you're going to see much more of a committee between Tony Jones, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas, um, regardless of who ends up being healthy and who isn't. And so, yeah, it's one of those things that you can't 
you can't bank on on any of them actually giving you a decent game. And if you are desperate, just you know, check check this stuff on Sunday morning. Um, oh god, it's gonna be a hard one though because they're playing in the afternoon. It's gonna put yeah. you in a tough position. But if you're desperate, you know, see what's going on. Who's actually healthy? What? Who are they saying sit now? And maybe throw one of them out there. If you had to choose, let's just say DJ Dallas was coming into the game hobbled. Travis Homer and Tony Jones are good to go. Which one are you gonna throw out there? Homer. Homer. You know, Homer. Homer's been on, been on the team for I think four seasons now. Travis Jones has been there for yeah. like four weeks. Or Tony Jones. Tony Jones. I was gonna say who the who's Travis Jones and <laughs> did he win like a CMA award? Because it sounds like a country singer. <laughs> Mike Jones. <laughs> Different genre. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> who Travis Jones? All right. Yeah, let's not the same ring. <laughs> let's talk about the next game here. Dolphins are playing the Chargers in L.A. This is the Sunday night football game. The Dolphins are three-point favorites. The over-under is 40, or my bad. The over-under is 52 points. Tua is, you know, they expected him to practice on a limited basis throughout the week. They expect him to play on Sunday. If he plays, must start. He's been killing it. Um, Yeah. Anything else to say oh, on that? I think, yeah, I mean, no, it's obvious. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's been on a tear since, you know, demolishing half of his brain cells a couple, you know, three or four weeks ago. Apparently, it made him a better quarterback. But Jalen Waller did leave last week's game with a leg injury. He did return to the game. He didn't seem, you know, fully himself. He was clearly hobbled. He was held to just one catch after coming back. But this week, he has no injury designation. I'm not tripping on Jalen Waddle. He's good to go. If he's yeah. practicing, I mean, it's money. Yeah, he he practiced fully on Wednesday and Thursday. It just it was weird, like because he was clearly not like you said, like he wasn't himself. He like he was limping on the field, and like now he's fine, and there's no injury report at all. So a little weird situation, but you know, he he's a young kid, so uh, he bounces back quick. Fuck, we're old. Talking about these NFL players. Oh, he's a young kid. He's a little he's whippersnapper. He'll be fine. <laughs> Waddle's what, like 22? <laughs> you calling Jamal? It's Jalen. No, I said, what is Waddle? Oh, I was going to say, dude. <laughs> yeah, just no. so you know, Big Irby's drinking some wood for preserve, sipping some whiskey, breaking the podcast tradition. So that's why he's fucking the names up. <laughs> I didn't mess that one up. I messed up Tony or Travis Jones. all right um so the the backfield though uh jeff wilson right he's the guy yeah i mean most are he he you know pitches in here and there but uh it's it's jeff wilson's backfield it's it's not even close yep totally agree figured we would just touch on it for a second just to solidify that let's talk about the chargers then um obviously austin eckler i mean Jesus, must start. But let's talk about Mike Williams. He's finally back. He practiced fully on Thursday. It was in limited fashion, but he is going to play this weekend, most likely. No, he, he, practiced play, fully, he practiced fully on Thursday. Um, Yeah, I was but, fixing it as we were going. Oh, nice fix, dude. Either way, <laughs> yeah, I guess it sounds <laughs> dumb the way I said it. Practice fully in a limited fashion. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to need you to read between the lines here, okay? 
that sounds like me in high school. I did practice fully in a limited fashion <laughs> in, in every fucking practice. But um, so yeah, Mike Williams, he's good to go. He's gonna play. What do we expect from Mike Williams? I think um, I have him in a couple of leagues, and I already put him in my flex position. Really, it's sketchy. Obviously, it's really hit or miss. I know Keenan Allen is still doing his thing, but Keenan Allen's put on put together three pretty darn good games in the last few weeks. So, I mean, I kind of see what you're getting at, though, because Justin Herbert, he is not the quarterback we thought he would be this year. So, yeah. Uh, so, fuck I mean, you for making me question this. Okay, so, like, for me, I have Mike Williams in one league. Um, you know, and he was, right now, he, Chris Olave would be my receiver number two, but he's on bye week. So, basically, I'm, I'm my receiver two spot. It was between Mike Williams and George Pickens. I'm leaning towards Pickens this week, and then I'm actually putting Latavius Murray into my flex rather than Mike Williams. So Mike Williams is on my bench in this league. Damn, dude. Say less. You fucking hate Mike Williams. That's cool. Um, I, I don't really blame you, though. That's That would be a tough play. Mike Williams or Latavius Murray or George Pickens. We might have to make a poll about that one on Twitter. That's a, yeah. that's a... Who are you taking in your flex? Yeah, that's an interesting conundrum you got going on there. I don't blame you for doing that. It's definitely a safer play by going with the lineup that you did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, Justin Herbert, fringe starter in my opinion. He is a starter. You kind of have to do it, but you can't expect much from him. I mean, I would only say you can you can't expect much from him. I mean, it's a not the it's not a, like a hard matchup. Like they're you know the the. Dolphins are so-so. Um, Herbert overall is QB8 on the season, even though it's been a down year, but it's only because he came into the, into the league and immediately became, you know, a top five quarterback. So he's not playing as well this year. Um, obviously, injuries have something to do with that. I know the rib injuries really bothered him for probably four or five weeks. Um, and so I don't think you can, I don't think he's necessarily a fringe starter. I think Herbert still might just find to be thrown in there. Might have fine. Mighty fine. Yeah, there's a couple of weeks. He's inconsistent this year. That's why I'm I'm shaky on him. He's definitely capable, but you know, there's been weeks where he's had 12, 13 point performances, and that can really fucking hurt you. But yeah, I think that was right after the the injuries, though. So I think you can put a lot of that to you know him having fractured ribs. Yep, and it, it's been a while. I messed my ribs up once. Uh, I didn't fracture him, but he he's probably you know he's feeling better week by week, and you can kind of tell by the stats. It's yeah. getting better. Like okay. the last three weeks, for instance, I mean, he's gone 20, 28, and 16 points. So I'll take, you know, recent status over what he's done the entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good good counter here. I'll back up off what I was saying. Yeah, I'm <laughs> with you. Okay. Let's talk about the, our last game before we dive into our starts of the week. So... Yeah, this is going to be the Monday Night Football game. The Patriots are going into Arizona to play the Cardinals. The Patriots are one-point favorites. What the fuck is going on this week? Dude, oh, that's what I was saying. Points. <laughs> this is weird. I'm about to go play some parlays. I know, dude. There's like four casino. or five games. I'm just like, what are these What are these spreads? They don't even make sense to me. It's a weird one. What does Vegas know? Because they know stuff we don't know. Don't, wait, did another Modern Fox. Warfare come out that I don't know about? Modern Warfare 2, yeah. No, like another new one? <laughs> no, because oh. Modern Warfare came out like six months or like three months ago now. <laughs> yeah, well, Tyler's if you don't know. Tyler's past that phase. 
Uh, every time there's a double XP weekend, uh, Kyler Murray completely shits the bed. There oh, is that a is, is it double stat. XP weekend? Hold on. Google it. Uh, it might be. I'm, I'll be getting that double XP this weekend. If you want to get my gamer tag, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers. I will play Modern Warfare 2 with you. Um, and I'm not even into gaming, but my cousin convinced me to do it, and now I'm fucking doing it again. But anyways, Patriots versus Cardinals. Monday Night Football. On the New England side, Ramondre Stevenson. Not a single soul otherwise. No, it's Ramondre, no one else. God, I, I feel like we said that every fucking week after Damian Harris got injured. Yeah, it's been like that for a while. And honestly, we've been able to say that about a few teams. Like, you know, we said that forever about um, like the Titans and it's just Derrick Henry or the Giants and it's just Saquon. Saquon. But yeah, um, <laughs> let's talk about the Cardinal side of the ball. Before the bye week, James Conner did have a killer game against the Chargers. He had 120 yards, but now he gets a pretty tough matchup against the Patriots. Traditionally, a very good defense, and, you know, things don't change with the Patriots. Um, at least not quickly. Still a very good defense, as they have been in years past. How do you see uh, him doing this week against them? Oh, man. I don't think he's going to play great. Obviously, the matchup is tough, and the Cardinals' offense has been a little wishy-washy for most of the season. But I don't think you have a choice in playing him because, you know, we mentioned a few times, not so much in this episode, but in our early games episode, with the bye weeks, you have a lot of running backs on bye week this week. I mean, you're talking about, you know, six or even some, you know, seven guys that mm-hmm. normally you'd have in your lineup that you don't have this week. So I think you're probably forced to play James Conner. Yep. And force, I think, is the best description. I'm totally with you on that one. Uh, let's talk about Marquise Hollywood Brown. He led the team in receptions in the last game, but only had 46 yards. How do we feel about that? Obviously, you know, Dr. Hopkins must start, but Hollywood Brown, it's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I love, I like that he's still getting the usage, but there was just no yards there when he played last week. And obviously, he was just coming back from injury. So that could have something to do with it. It could have been game script. So I'm a little wary, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, I trust in his uh, talent enough and his connection with Kyler Murray to give him at least a flex-worthy status this week. Ooh, right. I'm mostly with you on that one. It's a little bit of a sketchy flex start, but I am with you. So, yeah, that would be not the worst start, but uh, definitely taking a risk there. And I'm going to put it in here on the podcast to edit this out, but I'm about to piss my motherfucking pants. <laughs> At the 54-minute uh, mark, roughly? Yeah, I will be right back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs>
Ah. God damn. That was much needed. <laughs> Holy moly, dude. I don't know if you saw me doing like the little piss <laughs> starting to wobble. Like, last game. I was like, God damn, I <clears throat> thought I could make it till the end, but I was like, I can't even make it before the fucking start of the week. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Let's get back on track here. So we were. Da-da-da. We're just going, to, just going to the starts of the week. So just start off there. Okay. So that finishes all that shit. Alrighty. Let's put on here. All right. All right. So that wraps up our, you know, starts or sits for the late games. Let's move into our favorite segment of the week, our starts of the week. Going to talk about every position that, um, or players at every position that we like and who we want to start this week, and we pretty much guarantee are going to be worthy of starting on your fantasy team, which basically means you know they're either top twelve quarterback, running back, tight end, or top twenty four wide receiver, or a top twelve defense. Big Irby, do you want to kick this off? Yeah, yeah, let's get it. All right. So I know I said this dude's name last week. I know I did it, and I know he did not <laughs> deliver, okay? I'm very aware. I was shocked about it. Double or nothing. Re- yeah, it's redemption time, man. All right? We're coming back. We're going with Trevor Lawrence against the Titans, okay? I understand. Whatever happened last week against the Lions, no one knows. Weird shit. But they get the, they get the well, division rival. <laughs> they get the division rival t- Tennessee Titans back this week. That means that this week they write this ship. The Titans defense is amazing against the run. They are one of the absolute best in the league, but they are also one of the absolute worst against the pass. They give the second most points over overall to quarterbacks and the first most overall points to running back or to wide receivers. So all you do is throw on them. That's easy. The Jaguars have the requisite skill and talent to take advantage of this matchup, and they're going to do it. Trevor Lawrence is redeeming himself this week. And and insto facto redeeming my me. (laughs) Ipso facto. I (laughs) Latin's a dead language, dude. Quit speaking that on this podcast or wherever the fuck that's from. Um, I'm honestly I'm with you on that, and you'll see later on uh, here in about five minutes when we talk about another player for the Jaguars. But my quarterback start of the week is going to be Geno Smith versus the Panthers. This might be the second week in a row I chose Geno Smith. Um, weird. Yeah, we're except Gino actually, except Gino actually put up a great game last week. So, oh, dude, he's had at least six weeks of great games. Really, he's had a great season so far. But you know, in the last six games, he has thirteen touchdowns. So at least two touchdowns in every single game in those six games. And he's playing the Panthers, which which they are pretty strong defense against quarterbacks. But as we talked about earlier in the episode, you know, the Seattle, Seattle running back room is pretty damn thin. Everyone's injured right now. You got to see what's going on once, you know, um, Sunday rolls around and see how healthy they are. But they're going to be pretty hobbled. And I, with that happening, I see them relying more on the passing game, which they're probably comfortable with at G- with Gino at this point because he's been killing it. And Gino is more than capable of keeping this two touchdown streak alive, which makes him definitely start worthy. Gino Smith is a, I think he's a great start this week. Yeah, he, he should be. I mean, and to go along those 13 picks, he only has four interceptions. So that's a really great ratio. 
13 touchdowns, not picks, but yeah. I'm sorry, 13 <laughs> touchdowns to four picks. Yeah, we're not talking about uh, Davis Mills or... I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, that's fair. that's fair. I'm just saying it's a great ratio. So mm-hmm. he's still taking care of the ball. Yep, exactly. He he he's been absolutely killing it. You can totally rely on him at this point, which is crazy. It took 14 weeks for us to be like, yeah, you can rely on Geno Smith, but you know, fucking history. It's it's hard to it, it's hard to forget people's history. But he's having a great year. It kind of reminds me of Rich Gannon playing for the Raiders in 2002. Ooh. Major throwback. Yeah, you know, okay. a journeyman quarterback had flashes of greatness, never really had a great season. Now he's in a decent organization, which the Raiders were at that point in 2002, and he's having a great year. So it kind of tell, it tells you, you know, if a guy has a decent skill set, if he's in the right situation, things can work out. Yeah, you got to have a team that believes in him. Didn't Gannon win the MVP that year? Yes, he did. Shout out to him. It was a great year. Yeah. I'm not sure if Gino is going to win the MVP this year. I know he's in some of the people's discussions about it, but either way, yeah, I mean, you're right. Gino's probably in line for at least comeback player of the year. It probably comes down to him and like uh, and Saquon, probably. Uh, Derrick Henry. Okay, yeah, Derrick Henry's in there too. There's a few guys. Uh, it, Saquon will probably will win it. Um, God, I can't believe I said it that I, way. <laughs> but I mean, the thing about that, I know we're going on a bit of a, a tangent here, but like. Neither one of them have the story that Gino does. Gino has literally done nothing his entire career, for the most part, has been a backup for the last, what, six or seven seasons, and now he comes in, gets his first chance to really be a starter and is taking advantage of it. Like Saquon and Derrick Henry. Saquon and Derrick Henry have come back from injury, which happens every year. Ah, uh, man, I don't want to go too much on this tangent we're doing, but, I mean, does that qualify for comeback player of the year? Because he's not coming back from injury... It's just <laughs> he's not coming back from anything because he was never in a better place. He never left. There's that argument <laughs> as well. Yeah, he never left. How can you yeah. come back? <laughs> he was in the dungeon for the last ten seasons and finally is uh going up, coming up the stairs. Um, yeah, I know. I th- and that's the other side of that argument. Okay. Yeah, that's he's not gonna win that shit. Anyways, who's your <laughs> running back start of the week? All right, running back start of the week. We're going with DeAndre Swift against the Vikings. I'm surprised you didn't spit out your beer when I said that. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, I just, God, fucking a, whatever. Convince me. Yeah. Go for All it. Right. All right, easy enough. Swift finally had a full lo- workload last week against uh, whoever they played. I don't even remember. He was good. He was healthy. Finally. <laughs> well, yeah, he was finally healthy, but he's healthy now. Okay, and he had Sorry, a, f- <laughs> he had a full workload. <laughs> He was effective on the ground and through there last week. The Vikings defense, they've been so so against running backs all season. They're like they're not they're not great. They're they're, you know, leaning towards good. They're giving up roughly 21 points a game, two running backs on the season. But if we narrow that that system that those points down to just the last month, last four weeks, they are the second worst team against running backs, giving up 32 points a game. And in that time frame, they're giving up 71 yards per game receiving wise to running backs is 20 yards more than the second worst team. As we know, Swift is a monster out of the backfield, like in in the passing game. That's what he does his best work. So because the Vikings are getting so many yards through the air to running backs, he's going to take advantage of that. He's going to have another very, very big game and he's going to show everyone why he was considered a late round, first round draft pick in this draft season. 
Pretty convincing. I'll give you that one. That's that is interesting. Seventy yards per game to a running back through the air. That yeah, is extremely high. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from with that. I can't wait for him to have you know, 120 yards, zero touchdowns, and Jabal Williams has three. Yeah, because we if he has we if he has 120 total if he has 120 total yards and another like six catches, you're talking about 15 points. Yep. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. He's definitely start worthy, but Jabal Williams is still that motherfucker. <laughs> and we'll see. Um, definitely interesting. So definitely an interesting player to watch this week. I'm with you. Definitely worth starting. My running back start of the week is going to be Isaiah Pacheco versus the Broncos. Someone we were talking about on a waiver wire episode, you know, maybe four weeks ago, something like that. It's hard to keep track of at this point, but I mean, definitely mid season. Um, it was a mid season. Like, he was on the waiver wire, you know, list at, come mid season. You know, it wasn't like yeah. before the season started. Great. I mean, he had, he had some draft buzz, like you know, for for late round draft picks on a guy who could could come up. But I mean. For waiver wise, wasn't until probably week eh, week four or five, probably before we started really talking about him. Yeah, and he he's working his way into the Kansas City backfield and kind of taking it over. He has played about fifty percent of the snaps in the last four games. He has double digit fantasy performances in three of those last four games on only you know about fifty percent of the snaps. Like I said, Denver, you know, traditionally a pretty good defense, but they've given over given up over one hundred yards rushing. In four of their last six games, and it's around 660 yards in total in that six-game stretch. And that 100 yards in four of their last six games is a a nice number. I'm being nice. Two of those games, they gave up like over 160 yards to teams. So I really like Isaiah Pacheco. It's a little bit of a deeper pick, but this is a game where Kansas City should be leading most of the time, and they should be leaning on their running game. And he seems to be the guy they like to run the ball with. So Isaiah Pacheco, I like him. RB2 for sure. No, yeah. No, I, I like it. I mean, he's, like you said, he's solidifying himself in that backfield. And if they're more than likely going to be up big against the Broncos, then there's no reason why they shouldn't lean on him to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to they're shit all over the fucking donkeys. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> the Denver donkeys. I like it. It's a Raiders thing, sorry, or an AFC West thing, I guess. Fuck them. Anyways, <laughs> what about like your receiver? All right. I'm going with Chris Godwin against the Niners. And I know, like, on paper, when you look at it, the way the Bucks' offense has been versus the Niners' defense, it doesn't look like it should be a very good matchup. And it's not a great matchup, but the one spot where the, where the Niners are a little leaky, it's against wide receivers. And since week four... Godwin has had double digit digit targets in all but two games. You're talking about an eight week sample size, no, a ten week sample size. This is week fourteen. So it's like a hundred, a hundred targets in the last two, ten, ten weeks. Yeah, it's insane. That's insane. Yeah. So he's getting a ton of targets, and with the 49ers starting Brock Purdy at running back or <laughs> at running back at quarterback, he's playing both. Um, <laughs> he's he's gonna NFL Street this thing. Um, I think, yeah, I think that the bucks come out and I think they start, they try to swing big right off the bat, like throw out that knockout punch, you know, in the first, first half of the game. So I think they're going to be looking to aim the ball down the field, make it to where they have to rely, the Niners have to rely on Brock Purdy to then go and win the game for them instead of just, you know, managing it. And so when that happens, Chris Godwin's going to have his fans. They locked up by halftime. 
Fuck, that would be nice. I have him in quite a few leagues, and I, I'm definitely starting to, and I see where you're coming from. You're going a, you're going a little deep <laughs> with the game plan thing, but I can see it happening, honestly. That, that is a good point, you know. Uh, it'd be a good game plan for him. So, yeah, yeah Chris I'll, Godwin. I'll, I'll get Bri- Byron Lethwich up on the line right now. Let him know what's going on. I'll hit up old Byron and tell him you, you've been a Jaguars fan since day one, like nobody that, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> nobody that exists on this earth. So my wide receiver start of the week is going to be Christian Kirk versus the Titans. Probably my chalkiest wide receiver pick of the year, but I I, I fucking love him this week. You like Trevor Lawrence this week? I, I'm just piggybacking off of that. If you think Trevor Lawrence is going to go off, Christian Kirk's going to go off. You already said it. The Titans are the absolute worst team against wide receivers, and right now, before even playing the Titans, Kirk is averaging nine targets per game. He's the obvious top dog in the Jacksonville wide receiver room. Trevor Lawrence loves him, gives him plenty of targets, plenty of looks. And Tennessee is just, they're horrible against receivers. They're giving up 34 fantasy points per game, 200 yards, and a touchdown and a half to receiver, you know, record, wide receiver cores in general. I can see Christian Kirk getting at least 120 yards this game and hopefully a touchdown. I mean, if he does that, you're talking about a top five wide receiver. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, 120 yards. Let's just say, let's lowball it on, you know, nine targets, uh, five catches. You know, you got 15 points. So, you're rolling with him for sure. Add a touchdown, it's 21. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, add that touchdown in. Yeah, I see Marvin Jones being a dickhead and maybe grabbing one. But we'll see what happens. Nah, it's all Kirk this week. All right. Moving over to the tight ends here. I'm going to go. I'm going with Gerald Everett. I think I've said his name a couple times this this year. Um, he's one of those guys that's been like right on the cusp of startable every week. It seems like. I mean, wait, it's just like his name's not Tyler. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I can adopt him. He'd be Tyler's Everett. <laughs> yeah, Gerald <laughs> Tyler Everett. Yeah, maybe it's his middle name. We'll find that out. Be a Tyler's weird middle Everett. name. <laughs> um, but he's been like right there. You know, he's like. A little, you're just like it's kind of frustrating because he's one of those guys that you think you can play every week, and he just put, gives you a dud. But it's not going to happen this week. I think he actually piggybacks off what he did. La- uh, he did in last week's game where he had a season high of 80 yards off of five catches. I think he's going to keep that going against the Dolphins. The Dolphins give up the third most points a game to the tight ends at over 12 a game. I mean, that's if you get 12 points as a tight end, like you're talking about top five finish, like automatically. Yeah, God, I fucking hate tight ends. I love him, <laughs> but God damn it, I hate it this year. So so, so frustrating, so frustrating. Yeah, good pick. Definitely someone I do like this week. Um, my tight end start of the week. Here we fucking go. I'm I'm just sending it. Greg Dulcich versus the Chiefs. He is the Broncos tight end. If you don't know by now. Oh, fuck. Dude, here we go again. Right. <laughs> I've. I chose him a couple weeks ago, got totally shit on by it. Uh, and by shit on, I mean he didn't do a goddamn thing. He's definitely risky, but right now I think the cards are in his favor. Because as we talked about earlier in this episode, you know, his head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, they have an offensive package last week that they were running where Greg Dulcich was in a wide receiver role. And he liked the success that they were having with it. So hopefully moving forward, they will continue to do it. And, you know, I'm basically repeating myself at this point. If, if Cortland Sutton doesn't play because he has not practiced this week, 
I think it opens up more opportunities for Greg Dulcich. So let's just say, hopefully, things kind of repeat themselves from last week. They keep running the same packages where he's in a wide receiver role and ends up with you know eight targets, six catches, 85 yards like he did last week. And Cortland Sutton is out. It's I, I think he's in a good position this week to hopefully be hopefully be a top twelve tight end, have at least twelve points, like he said, and be a starting tight end. I mean, like I said when we were talking about that game, like he's as good of a dart throw as anybody else at tight end. You know, it just with how terrible the whole the whole landscape is. Um it's just it's just it is what it is. Like you might as well give a guy who at least gives you a little bit of upside. Yeah, he definitely has upside this week. It's a boom or bust tight end this week, and he he might help you out and you know finish as a top twelve tight end. I feel pretty good about that this week. It's the Chiefs, and the Chiefs themselves they're they're not great against tight ends. They're not horrible. I I think tight end stats really against defenses it's more of a of a situational thing. It depends on the tight end, depends on the offense, right? So it's not like they're shutting down tight ends. So he has a good opportunity this week. Very interesting. I'm rolling with him. Greg Dulcich, fuck it. Put him <laughs> out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk about my defenses of the week, and that will wrap yes, up sir. this episode. Oh, my favorite part of the week, honestly, my defenses of the week. I take weird pride in this. I'm about just over 50% this year on my defenses. I'll be completely fluid and honest with the listeners. I do choose a lot of defenses, and I like to choose ones that are not owned by a lot of uh, owned in a lot of leagues. So, yeah, yeah I mean, he's not all of them. He's not taking the Cowboys against the Texans, like we know that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not taking the fluky ones, or I'm, I'm trying to help you out and like find defenses that are probably available on your waiver wire, and you know, and they can be worthy of getting you some points. So, I got three this week. The first defense I'm going to talk about is the Seattle. Seahawks playing the Carolina Panthers. The Seahawks defense. Just the Seattle. <laughs> the Seattle. <laughs> the the you know the sea chickens, whatever you call them, whatever people say. Either way, the Seattle defense versus the Panthers. If like I already said earlier, if you exclude their game versus Las Vegas, their defense has played great defense this year. Continues to get better. They got some rookies that are really producing for them, and that you know th- things just continue to get better for their defense week after week. And this week, they play Sam Darnold, who struggled last week, and he just struggles overall. So they're in a good position this week to uh, do some good things for you. My next defense is going to be the Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos. Right now, uh, any defense that starts against the Denver Broncos, fantasy-wise, is averaging 12 fantasy points per game. And in in, uh, Kansas City's last three games, they have three defensive touchdowns. So I think we're in a good position here. They, you know, if, if Casey gets a defensive touchdown, if, really if any defense gets a defensive touchdown, they're worthy of starting. And Denver's offense kind of sucks. So Kansas City, even though they're not a daunting defense, definitely worth uh, throwing in your lineup this week. My last defense of the week is going to be the Bengals. The Bengals defense versus the Browns. Last week, Deshaun Watson didn't look very good. Cincinnati is... A good defense, not a great defense. I think they're worth uh, putting in your lineup and taking a flyer on the fact that Deshaun Watson might not look good again. Maybe it's me because I hate Deshaun Watson. But even if you take out my hate for Deshaun Watson, I think this defense still finishes top 12. 
All right. Yeah, I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? I take out the fact that I hate Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, played like shit last week. I mean, he, yeah, he didn't play great. He didn't play great. I think that's kind of what we expected to happen for probably most of the se- for the rest of the season. He's just not going to have enough time to like you know reacclimate himself to the NFL. So no, I'm with you there. Right on. And I think that wraps up our episode for our late game starts of the week. If you want to hear our early game starts of the week, uh, just. Either check our Twitter, we have those things uploaded for you, or just um, where, wherever you follow us on, whatever podcast platform, just just look at it and look at our early starts of the week, and you will find all that goodness. So yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at the FF Fathers. Make sure you like and subscribe, wherever you're listening right now, so you get notifications, things that come out. Playoffs are coming uh, during the offseason. We're going to put up some good content anyways. And yeah, we, we got some good stuff coming. We might be changing things up. We've been talking about it. Some good uh, good segments coming. Some good, really some good changes maybe coming on here soon. Um, or interesting changes, I, get, I should say. So yeah, if you like the podcast, stick with us. Make sure you like and subscribe. And did I miss anything, Big Irby? Uh, good luck. Make that push for the playoffs. Hell yeah, it's time for that playoff push, baby. Get your money, (laughs) (laughs) boo-boo. All righty. Yeah, well, thank you for listening in, and we will catch you next week for our waiver Wire episode that comes out on Tuesday morning. And good luck. Hopefully you all make it into these playoffs, because I know goddamn well we're going to. Bye.